Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, we've managed to book a swim. Oh, that's yes, so exciting. on Monday. Yeah, when we you have to do it via this app, and it took us a while to get into the app, and we have to sort of synchronize. You know, we all have to. We can't. You can't book two tickets. Oh goodness, I never thought of that. Yeah, I know. So we have to sort of both press the button at the same time, more or less. That's so, funny. Um, so and we. I think it opens on Saturday, the pool, London Fields mm. Lido, but Saturday, Sunday was completely booked by the time we got our act together. So we're now going Monday evening, but you don't get much time. You get an hour, I think, or a bit more, and you're supposed to already wear your suit when you turn up, which I find a bit weird. I'm not okay. sure I want to do that, but I might have to. So, yeah, be interesting to see what it's like. And I don't even know whether you can shower. I don't quite know how it's going to work. Um, oh, wow. Mm. And is it an hour in the pool or an hour door-to-door? No, I think door it's... Door? Actually, I think it's an hour and 15 minutes or so you in, okay. and, in and out. So it's not... Um, Joachim always swims a long time. So for him, it's not mm. going to be quite enough. It's probably just about enough for me. Yes. Um, so, yeah, but exciting. That's so exciting. Yes very much so oh it will feel so good yeah and what about you more developments on the wardrobe holiday wardrobe front (laughs) (sighs) well it's all it's all you know forming in my mind Mm. I'm allocating tops to you know I've decided on the trousers skirt dress situation I'm just this is all in my mind it's like a mental lookbook it's a mental lookbook. Yeah. That sounds very good and appropriate. And I'm just allocating tops and then I'll do accessories. Okay, that sounds sensible. It's all just, you know, clicking into place. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just, when I'm packing, I'll just let it out on the bed so that I can do my final check that all these outfits are super fantastic. And then off we go. Sounds very good. I know. I, I know. It, I mean, it will just be so good. Yeah, not long to go. No, I know. It's like the next two, I've got so much I need to pack into the next two weeks. You know, but my focus is my outfits. Yeah. So it's okay. You know, I'll I'll get it all done and I'll get my outfits sorted. So yeah, that sounds that's very okay. good. But what have you been up to? Well, you you sent me this um, link to, is it Umo, the Instagram account? Oh, such a good account. Yeah. Yeah, is it Umo Archive? Yes, so, and there was this film, Love and Duty, um, Mm. and I I found it on a, I think you can't get a DVD, so I, I found it on a on a Chinese website and I watched it. Oh my God, you are the best researcher. <laughs> well, I don't know. But um, no. so I, I watched it and it's incredible. It, it really is incredible. Um, you, you must watch it too. It is two and a half hours, which I didn't... Wow, which, I didn't even know films. I know. Well, I suppose there are films. Yes, there's Napoleon, so there's definitely films. At the True. Right there, so it's from 1931, but it's still silent. Apparently in China, they had silent films longer. Oh. Mm, and what is quite un- well maybe that isn't such a big thing but I when I watched it it really is silent there is no soundtrack which is okay I'm not sure I've ever watched a, fil- a film that long without any sound but anyway it's 
it is a melodrama. There's a lot of crying, a lot of crying. The men cry, women cry, children cry. But I mean, I would cry if I was if this all this stuff was happening to me. So it is actually really sad. It's a sad story. And I've been trying to think what it is actually mainly about. I'll try and say the story really short. Yeah. So it's this, this apparently was a mega star. And my pronunciation of Chinese names is not my forte. So I think she's called Ran Lingyu. And she was about 20, I think, when she did this film. And she plays at the beginning a little schoolgirl. So she has these sort of pigtails and and a dress, which is a bit like a sailor's sort of type outfit oh, yes. and um so she meets on the street um this young man who who is obviously fascinated by her in the end she has a sort of minor accident the accident he helps her and so they they sort of fall in love but then she's told she has to marry someone else so she doesn't want to but she has to and she looks like she's like 12 but i suspect she's probably meant to be 16 or 17 or 18 so she marries this other man who who is seems to be very nice and seems to really like her but she she's not happy um they have two beautiful children but then by accident there's a lot of coincidence in this film she meets this man again that she had met in the street before they fall in love again and they elope and she finds it really hard because she misses her children so much and she almost doesn't want to go but he doesn't want her to bring the children so then from then on it all goes downhill he doesn't manage to earn a lot of money they have another child another daughter um but he eventually dies then she brings up the daughter she's she becomes a sempstress so that's interesting because there's a a, a section in a in a clothes shop and then there's a big jump so so he dies when the daughter is still a baby and uh the next bit is when the daughter is again maybe 16 17 18 and then there's another coincidence and she's supposed to make clothes for the children for her children actually oh my god and she's this beautiful woman and she's at in the first part of the film she's always has very dark lipstick and you know all all sorts of different hairstyles but then when she's older and i've tried to do the math and she can't actually be older than 40 but they make her out to be this sort of very very old woman and she's she's got her hair scraped back she hasn't got any makeup i mean they've done a great job you almost don't know whether it's the same person so she then meets her children and that's super super sad because they don't know that she's the mother and she has to take their measurements and oh my god i mean that's the worst bit of the whole film um that's so intimate yes and in particular that it's a boy and a girl and she actually also plays her daughter if you see what i mean so she's the oh, older woman please. but um her daughter is now the age she was at the beginning of the film and she had pigtails okay. so but she also has this son and when she takes the measurements of her son's wrist she gets so close to his hand and she almost puts her cheek on his hand a few times and she almost oh kisses God. it his hand and she's like you know there's a close-up and she's like a millimeter away and oh it's really really that's really so so sad and then the daughter has this falls in love with this rich guy who wants to marry her but then they find out about the story of her mother 
and her mother then thinks I have to die for my daughter so she dies oh my God. yeah I know That's an extreme I know reaction. one doesn't know how and she sends her daughter with two letters to a former husband and he then takes on this daughter and it ends with the three children he suddenly points to this a picture at the back of the room which is his former wife and maybe his children never knew that that's what this woman is and so he points to this picture and obviously says this is your mother and so the all the three children go stand in front of this picture and at first you see them from the front and they say mama 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 and then they all three fall to their knees and then they cry and he cries and that's how it ends this is the saddest film ever i know i know it's it's oh my god it's really really sad and i was wondering about what Apparently, it's done after a novel by a Polish expat who married a Chinese engineer. And I've actually just ordered the book. I'm interested. It's called um, Something with Shadows. The Symphony of Shadows, apparently. Oh, that's a good title. Yeah, so I'll be interested to to read that. But I I think the main thing, I guess, must be about the love of parents for their children. Because... Her first husband also really, really loves his children, and that comes out a lot. But the young guy doesn't want... Well, he obviously loves his own daughter, but he doesn't want anything to do with his first children. Um, So I haven't said anything about the clothes, but, you know... But you've said so much. Oh, my goodness, it Mm. just sounds heart-wrenching. It is, it is. And the clothes are absolutely amazing, too. I mean... The men's wear I could just talk about for half an hour, which really? it's really, really good. Really, in what way? Well, it's really love. I, I, maybe I just really like that period, but sort of very soft collared shirts, very short ties, almost Oxford bags at times, really quite wide oh, really? trousers, almost sort of like slightly flared. And interestingly, all the hats are almost like they're oversized. They're very, very big, the hats. They're like a comical sort of blown up hat, in you know, like wow. a humbug hat, but made slightly bigger. So I'm not quite sure what that's about. And then there's often, you know, there's also people in, in traditional dress, for want of a better expression. And then she wears, they use dress really well for for her you know development for the different stages she's in um and do you remember the the dress from the clip yes it's so beautiful yeah it's like a sort of white well obviously it's not in color it's black and white but it looks like a light colored sort of underdress and then this Mm. lace on top which looks like it must be silver or gold and it has a pattern pattern done by the lace pattern but also then with sort of another color in it um, and I think that's the sort of most high fashion dress she wears. And she also always wears, once she becomes the wife, she also wears really nice um, earrings always, sort of dangling earrings and beautiful shoes. They look like they're either painted or embroidered. Um, wow. And she wears a lot of, never quite know which is the right word in this instance, like chi power or chong sums. She wears a lot of them, but they're not like the later ones they're much looser and they mm. usually have bell bell sleeves to the elbow How um, gorgeous. yeah and she does a funny thing she she does that like two three times she 
you know how the the chipao is has is buttoned up on or or has a sort of these toggles on one side mm. she often puts her handkerchief half in in that so sort of slightly oh, yeah oh, that's such a nice gesture yeah and it it doesn't happen once it happens like two or three times it's sort of slightly underneath her arm and then once she is um so she has a few of these one is in in like a chiffon and one has like a geometric pattern and but then when she when they don't have that much money anymore she primarily wears wears black and they're a bit more baggy and sack like mm. and then when she's a sempstress she wears a long longish skirt a wider skirt and a and a jacket and she wears the same thing and her hair is then just scraped back she hasn't got in the clip you you sent that she had this beautiful beautiful is it called a barrette like for her hair yes and then she, you know, she doesn't have any of that anymore, no jewellery. And she wears glasses as well, and they blackened a few of her teeth as well. Oh, my god. Just goodness. to rub it in that she's 40, you know, she's getting on. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And when she's a seamstress, like, what, where do you see her? Is she in an atelier? Where is she? Oh, that's a good question. No, she is, you, you see her at a sewing machine in there in their room so they have a sort of one room so she and her daughter and they seem to sleep in the same bed and um yeah and she sees a notice about her children in the newspaper and she cuts it out and she has an old picture of the children and she keeps sort of touching it and rubbing it against her face and then she a little boy like a messenger boy comes and says you must come to your boss we have a we have an important client so she goes to this establishment where someone stands, a man stands behind a counter and he measures out fabric. And there are lots oh. of really fashionable looking dresses at the back. So there are actually like, um, I always forget, what are the dresses called with the wider hips in the sort of late 20s? Oh, oh, Pick, well, not, steel? Oh yeah, exactly. So they don't actually appear in the film apart from once. There's a sort of theater performance at the end. One person on the stage wears one, but in the background of these shops, there are these very Western looking dresses, but they're only sort of hung up behind that man who's measuring out the cloth. That's when her former husband comes with his massive car. And then she's taken to the houses where she measures, where she has to measure her own children. Um, and what kind of things do the children wear? Um, they're sort of so they have so they have a boyfriend and girlfriend. So I don't quite know what age they're meant to be. Um, but again, I think maybe sixteen, seventeen, something like that. And she, the daughter, is again having pigtails and wearing something not dissimilar to the beginning. And and you know it, you know it's the same person. Yes. But this time she has these massive bows, white bows in her pigtails, really soft. You know, they're not bows like made out of ribbon, but almost like a bow made out of a scarf. They're these really soft, wow. floppy, massive bows there next to her face. And um, the boy is just, I think, just wearing a, a suit. Um, so they are sort of dressed almost like, like grown-ups at that point. And the other yeah. daughter, she also wears a jipao, but quite a plain you know plain one with a small pattern and it's it's always the same so yeah once once she she gets poorer she doesn't really change change that much anymore Um, wow yeah oh it sounds so worth watching yeah and there's so many things i'd love to know it's like you know where 
who made these dresses, you know, where yes. did um, there, there is an art director mentioned called William Collant, Collant with a K, um, oh. but I couldn't, you know, couldn't find anything about them. And even, you know, she's she's this mega star and she's in a lot of other films and she, but she, she died four years later. She committed suicide um, when oh, she was, goodness. yeah, when she was 24. Um, so there is quite a bit about her online and her the lover she runs away with a book has been written about him where he's called the Chinese Valentino and he is very beautiful and he was in a lot of films he's called Yin Yan I think but the again the the husband the actual you know husband of her I can't I haven't been able to find anything about him yet and um, I think the second daughter also is quite well known and I think becomes a film producer or something like that so there's quite a lot of things still to sort of look up yeah. and also yeah the dresses just to look at look at again oh it sounds so yeah good. so i, I can yeah definitely i definitely recommend it but yeah it is long it is long wow wow what about well, you I, you've been watching well i know because it's important that we're in sync yes so i watched a film from 1931 Oh, by um, which was directed by Oscar Michaud, who's um, this really important director from. I think I think his his silent films I think are more admired, but um, I, this is a sound film. He was an African American director, and it's so interesting. I mean, it was I managed to get a DVD of it. My friend Richard Haynes, oh yeah, showed me a clip of it, and it was from. Criterion, but you can't get the Criterion channel here, oh, so I couldn't mm, watch it. Um, and the the version, like the most complete version, which is on this DVD, is forty four minutes. Mm. So it's really fascinating because it's fragmentary, and at points there's like the picture, but they just play a little bit of music over it because clearly there isn't a soundtrack mm. or. There's there's like sections where you can't really hear it very well. I think I'm going to have to listen to it. I mean, watch it with my headphones in to see if I can pick up the dialogue because mm. there's like a party scene where I really didn't get every word that was said. And it's fascinating. I mean, again, like yours, it's based on a novel which is um, called The House Behind the Cedars. And it's, it's Misho's second version of this he did a silent version in 1927 which is now lost and then there's this one which i think they had like 10 minutes which is just the there's two like musical interludes mm. there was just those two bits for a long time i think and then then they found more footage which they put together and restored yeah with so love and very... with love and duty so... i think they found a copy in Uruguay in nineteen ninety four. Really, and it was it was apparently lost before before then. It's so fascinating, mm. isn't it? Because there, there was I what I could watch on Criterion is a little, you know, like an eight minute talk about about the director by a film historian, and that was really interesting because I mean it was interesting to hear about his silent films, but also just like, oh goodness, <laughs> Kaja. Um, like you said, it's really interesting the way that bits are found, like I think, they, not with this one, but one of his films, they'd found some in Belgium and some in Switzerland. Mm. So yes, it's just like these 
these traces, but also traces of. Is it post time? It is post time, so Coda will be on full alert, surveilling、mm. the street、okay. and shouting as loud as he can. That's all right. In protest, I'm glad someone is protecting you. Well, yeah, neighborhood watch、mm. is real,、um, but yeah, it, it's also like these traces of a global industry. It's it's really interesting. Yeah,、so、the film story,、um, as I said, it's from this this Charles Chestnut book. The House Behind the Cedars, which I haven't read, but like you, I will now read, and it's about passing. So the there's this family, and the son is very pale skinned, so he moves away, becomes a very successful lawyer, and passes as white.、Mm. And then the the kind of fragment that you start with is him returning to his mother, his mother's house, and. Being reunited with her, and she's so proud of him that he's such a success. And then his sister comes downstairs, who was a baby when he left, and they're reunited. And she is very pale skinned too.、Mm. So he, she is in love with someone and wanting to marry him, but he is very dark skinned. So the brother persuades the mother that she should not marry him. Oh God! And takes her away. To another county, so that she too can pass as white. So they are living together, and he's trying to set her up with this white man to marry. And they live in this house, and they have、um, black servants who are dark, darker skinned. So it's really fascinating in terms of being this really quite kind of tortured. Explanation of colorism,、mm. and it's it's really really interesting because it's pre-code, so it's quite explicit.、Mm. Because it's for a black audience, the discussion of race is really frank,、mm. which it's it's so important. I think to see that when you think of like even like imitation of life, the sort of there's a thirties version, but then there's the fifties version. Even though part of that film is about passing, it's still quite repressed because it's for white people to watch,、mm. and so it's really amazing to see this. And at the end, it's very good because she, you know, she like really breaks down and cries and says to her brother, "I, you know, I miss my mother. I miss, you know, the man that she's in love with, and I can't, you know, I can't." Do this all the time, where I have to, you know, I'm scared all the time of everything, anything I could say, anything, any gesture, anything I do, could reveal who I really am, and I'm in danger all the time, and I'm scared all the time, and I can't fit in anywhere. And it's really interesting because during that scene, the servants are listening in, and they're all really pleased and proud of her that she's acknowledging this. And they're saying, "Oh, it was her brother who wanted her to do it all along, and I told you this was the case." And she, like, the end of the film is that she goes and meets the man she was in love with from before, and they drive off together.、Mm. Apparently, in the book, it is not a happy ending, but it, in、I、the thought, film, it is. I thought you were going towards a not a happy ending. That's yeah. Well, it feels like that's the way it's going because it is really, really, really sad. Because、mm. obviously, you know, I've read Nella last night, and I've read 
several novels about passing mm. where you have this just overwhelming sense of being surveilled the entire time and this sense of loss of your family but I haven't watched a f- well I mean imitation of life is very very kind of heart-wrenching about this but I, I think it's really so amazing to see this 1931 film dealing with it so openly and frankly and and with the emotional difficulties and the kind of psychological difficulties of it and it's it's really fast and now the phone's ringing and and it's just really yeah it's really interesting as well the interplay between the different groups of people that you see so you see the you know like the original family the mother the brother the sister and then you see there's this bit which which i really can't quite make out because the sound is really poor but you see a, a party which is african-americans at a party and they're wearing very lovely the women are wearing very lovely pale like bias cut dresses and there's like lovely like lace satin matte contrast and it's really just looks really amazing but i'm not really a hundred percent sure what was going on in that section i you know Mm -hmm. i hold up my hand and then you see the servants you see the the sister and the man, the white man that, that her brother wants her to marry. Mm. And and so you're seeing like different contexts and how people have to kind of edit themselves in relation to each of these contexts and be- behave slightly differently in each context. Do they do something with clothes as well? To... The costumes, the costumes aren't that elaborate. The most elaborate at, at the party scene mm. that I just described. What I find really interesting is the sister, you meet the sister, because he, he returns home at midnight. I'm not sure why, but he does. So her sis, the sister is sort of coming down, creeping down the stairs, and she's got, you know, like a nightdress or, or something, and then a, a very voluminous robe wrapped around herself. And I think it's interesting because that's how he meets her. And then when they have the conversation where she's saying, I can't pass anymore, she's wearing... I don't, it's not pajamas, but it's like lounging at home. Mm. So it's like a silky sort of tunic that's just completely plain with a round, low round neck. And then I think it might be like pajama pants, mm. like day wear pajama pants. It's it's unclear. And then she's got this lovely little. It's like a sort of <laughs> kimono bolero almost. I don't think you can combine those two things, mm-hmm. but it's like a little short, very drapey loose patterned bolero jacket and it's interesting because it's as though I don't know if I'm reading too much into it but it's as though when he meets her and then in that scene she's wearing clothes that are ambiguous and it's speaking to the ambiguity of her identity mm. you know because then you see her with her dark-skinned boyfriend who and and she's wearing a very kind of sleek black dress that you know buttons on one side and is very kind of put together that kind of clipped day wear and the same when she's with the white man so so it's like a real contrast that you see her very put together day wear or you see her in at home wear and and I think it's interesting that that the different interactions she's having Mm. in each of those because her brother is always in very very smart suits very high-waisted trousers, I will say. Yeah. Very high-waisted and very short, double-breasted waistcoats. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah, know. they don't wear... That's interesting that you say that, yeah, because in 
love and duty they don't wear waistcoats really but i suspect it is oh. quite warm it seems like yes you know people everyone seems to wear summer it must mainly seems to be set in in summer right so yeah no i don't think anyone wears wears a waistcoat that's um, interesting yeah so so there's that i mean i think the the costumes at the party are really wonderful and it's almost like because the quality of the film I mean, the actual film stock yeah. is mm. great. It's almost like it, it heightens the effect of pale evening dresses. So you, it's very tactile. Like you really get the grain of the film, but also the the feel. You can kind of sense the feel of the dresses. So as I say, there's like a lovely white. Well, they look white. They're pale, like lace with then a lace evening jacket over it. So it's very sort of translucent and lovely. And then these really bright, shiny white, which must be satin. So you get like different effects of mm. the different materials okay, on the screen, yeah. which is really nice. But I think the thing I like most of the the film's costume is, you know, I said that they that the brother and sister, when they're passing, they have darker skinned black servants. Mm. So there's like two maids, and I guess I don't know if he's the butler, and it's really interesting. I loved it because they're wearing, they're clearly wearing uniform, mm-hmm. you know, like maid's outfit, etc. But it's very clearly performative versions of those things. So like the maid's outfit, she's got a see-through, like net, frilly um, apron with a little heart pocket. <laughs> you know, it's very mm-hmm. unconvincing. And there's this brilliant bit after the sister has said, you know, I can't go on like this and I can't keep passing. The brother and sister both go out. So the servants, they're all like really pleased that she's said this and this has all been revealed. And then they're like, they've gone out so we can now have our own time. So two of their friends come in and start playing the piano and they do, they sing a song and like dance. So the fact that their clothes do you know what I mean? It's like they're double costumes. They're in maid or butler costume. Mm. But from the start, they don't look right in them. Yeah. So it's kind mm. of undercutting the fact mm. of them being servants in yeah. the film. And then they perform. So the man has got really... It was funny when you were saying about flared trousers. He's got really fluid kind of flared trousers on and he tap dances. So he's got nice tap shoes on and he's got you know, an open waistcoat over a white shirt. So not what you'd be allowed to wear Mm. as a servant. So that's really great. And then the two women sing and one of them dances and she's got tap shoes on with a bow. So again, it's like she is dressed as a maid. You can recognize that's what she functions as, but she's not. And it's almost as though the songs they sing and their performance is a comment on the whole thing of passing because mm. you're actually introduced to them passing with one of the maids very kind of slowly dusting like books and magazines on a coffee table and singing about love so <laughs> from the start they're performers within the performance mm. that's really and interesting they are undercutting the colorism of the film mm. because they seem to have the most fun even though clearly they wouldn't in real life yeah be having fun mm. in this situation and also they seem to have the most freedom which again would not yeah. be the case in mm. reality so there's this kind of 
you feel like it's also directed to the audience that the audience can enjoy the license that mm. they have within the body of the film yeah i mean there is on on a very different level but there is mm. something maybe yeah not not a million well it is on a very different level but there is at one point in in love and duty um the before they have eloped the the young male lover he he's in his own flat and he's he's reading a book and the book is about you then see a little sequence film sequence where he has turned into some sort of zorro character is that how you say it so he he's wearing black satin trousers and a black satin shirt which is you know open quite a bit at the front and he suddenly has a mustache and he wears i think he even wears a cowboy hat and then she is wearing She's not wearing anything what you would expect from that kind of film. She's actually wearing a, quite a short... All the Western dresses are actually above the knee, actually. So she's wearing a sort of summery um, 20s dress and a wide straw hat. And she's she's being attacked by someone, by a, by a man. And then he rests... You know, he, he's playing the guitar and then he obviously hears her screams and he sort of wow. runs. And then they... I think they fence or something like that. And then... Then um, he sort of kills the attacker, and then that somehow emboldens him to, to then say to her, you know, you must come with me. This can't go go on, and then that actually leads into disaster. But it's, it's quite interesting to have this sort of little film within a film, and yes, also when they meet again after, you know, when they meet as school children, school teenagers, they meet again. She walks away, and he sees her from the back, and then. F- it switches for a moment and she's the little schoolgirl again and then it switches uh, back again. So that, yeah, that was really interesting. Wow, yeah, wow. There's a lot going on. Well, but we have to now swap the Yeah, we have to swap, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll post you the Oh, that would so be very kind, it. thank you, thank you. And I'll oh, send you goodness. the link to this one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness, I think code is going to start coming. Yeah, okay. So better stop. But so you go and have fun now on your holiday. Yeah. And I'll have fun on my holiday. Yeah. And obviously we'll send each other a million pictures of our holidays. And outfits. But then we'll speak on the phone again in September. Yes. yes. That's right. Marvellous. Okay. Marvellous. All right. Talk to you then. Yeah. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.